just inside the one. Stafford wants the fade. Robinson, touchdown Ram! Little triple option to give us to Patterson and Cordero. Patterson will not get there. Greg Gaines, the first to contact the Falcon running back. It's Henderson. Hole, touchdown! Mariota, short toss, intercepted! Off the bubble, it's Jacoby Duran! One man to beat! Mariota, he spins away, and he's down inside the 10! Up, oh, and off, it's going to to the top. Stafford looking for Cooper Cup over the shoulder grab, and Cup's in for his second touchdown of the year! Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams Podcast. I am your co-host, Ashton Spencer, uh, with my awesome co-host, Zach Mayer. Uh, Rams were looking this week to bounce back after a tough loss to the Bills, and they ended up seeing Atlanta come to town. Uh, it was a roller coaster ride of a game. Uh, basically, uh, Rams doing great job in the first three quarters in the fourth quarter uh let's say uh the rams struggled a little bit and uh ramsey ended up having to moss someone to kind of stop a comeback from happening uh zach uh just what are your initial reactions to this game uh how was your emotions i i'm pretty sure the rams just uh Love to get our blood pressure very high and not make an easy game an easy game. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, one of the quotes that Sean McVay had after the and uh, during his post conference, um, I think everyone was thinking the same thing, and it's like we all just needed to drink after that game. Um, I was, I mean, honestly, I was pumped for most of this game, and I think it was around the time that I said, "Man." The Rams, like I could really get used to the Rams having a like an armchair kind of a day where you're not super intense, you're not your blood's not boiling, um, you're not always at the edge of your seat, like freaking out, like are they gonna do, uh, are they gonna have a good drive, are they gonna have a bad drive, whatever. Um, and that was about the time that uh, that things started to turn. Um, so. So yeah, I know we're gonna break this thing down. So I'll give more of my thoughts down below. But yeah, I think I think we all could use a could have used a couple few stiff drinks right after that. Yeah, I am almost certain the Falcons were watching my Twitter feed when I said I was like, "Oh, I wish we could face the Atlanta Falcons every week." <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, I, I think they got the block point right after the, I sent that tweet. I was like, geez, this is why you never talk crap until after the game is done. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let's go ahead and um, kind of break down the game, Zach, here real, real uh, quickly. And then we'll talk about both the offense and defensive sides of the ball. Quarter one. So the Rams kick off. The Falcons have a solid First drive, uh, a little sloppy. They end up kicking a field goal, and they miss. Uh, I am a little salty about this, Zach, because this costed me my number one seed in uh, <laughs> in my fantasy league. But besides that, uh, it was good for the Rams because uh, those three points came very much uh, into play near the end of the game. 
uh, the Rams would end up responding with a touchdown drive to one Robinson, which uh, Sean McVay must have listened to our podcast, Zach, uh, just listening to us uh, talk crap about how Robinson was invisible and we had spent all this money on him. Uh, the Falcons end up responding with a uh, six-play drive that ends up with them trying to go for it on fourth and not getting it. Uh, the Rams will end up responding right next or right after that with a uh, touchdown by Henderson. Uh, the Falcons, which, end up- which, real quick to go on that one, um, you know that turnover. I mean, they were on like the fifty-yard line. Like this wasn't. You know, they weren't, you know, kind of deep into their own territory, you know, into the red zone. You know, this was like close to the 50-yard line, if not on the 50-yard line. So that was kind of a bold move by the Falcons to just, you know, just to go again on, you know, four and or uh, to try to, to do that fourth down play. So it was a very interesting move, but I'm really glad that our defense held. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the Falcons probably thought, oh, you know, they uh the bills completed what was it 80 80 percent of their third down drive their third down plays last year so they're like or last week and so they thought their the fourth down would probably be you know some high percentage too but it was really good that our defense set up on that fourth down uh i i tend to think it's more at least from my perspective uh if you're a team like the falcons it's kind of like the lines last year with us you know in order to beat a team of the caliber of the Rams, you're going to have to score points. You can't settle for three a lot, and you definitely can't go three and out. Like, you don't get a lot of options, and if you get a fourth and one, like, percentage-wise, I believe last year 60% of teams made fourth and one. Uh, I believe it was one of those things where – some team this weekend tried to kick a 60-yard field goal versus doing fourth and one. And, like, percentage-wise, you go for the fourth and one. So I think mm-hmm. your win percentage analytically goes up a lot more if you make that fourth and one. And I think that's kind of the direction the coaching staff went in Atlanta. It's also why they went for two uh, when they didn't need to because they needed to score points and catch up with, for any hope of – uh possibly uh, beating the Rams and they got a little lucky uh, later on in the game but uh, they were looking at it in the terms of you need to get maximum points when you can. Uh, So the Falcons end up kicking a field goal after Henderson's touchdown uh, in their responding drive. the Rams end up responding to that field goal with a decent um, six-play drive. They get 50 yards. They get in the red zone um, or near the red zone. And while trying to throw to Stafford, or sorry, Stafford trying to throw to Higby, uh, it wasn't open at all, Zach. Uh, we can kind of talk about this in the offensive section uh, when we talk about Stafford's uh, two picks. But – uh, yeah, it wasn't open at all. I don't get what he was doing there. Uh, Atlanta gets it, and they get a touchback off of it. Yeah, I think I think they, um, I think uh, Stafford in his post 
post-game conference called that his greedy play. Um, you know, he was, I don't know if you mentioned this, but he was 12 for 12, I think at that point. Um, and he considered that his, his, he was, he was kind of being greedy. Um, you know, Higby was, you know, double covered. Um, I think it would have been a great play. I think if it would have, if he would have got it, but, um, yeah, it was just, uh, just not a well, not a well, uh, formatted. Yeah. In his mind. So. Well, sure. if that was like Allen Robinson or Cooper Cup, I would understand more because they, they're more capable of mossing people. Like Higby, he's never been that guy to like fight through a defender to get a ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's again the quarterback's gonna know more than me about his receivers, but it just doesn't make sense on the face value t- to me personally. Uh, the Falcons end up after getting the interception, having a three-play drive, some good chunk plays. They go 36 yards down the field, and a rookie in Durant ends up picking off Marcus Mariota off of a tip pass. Uh, uh, Should have been a pick six. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was kind of joking around on his podcast. I would recommend everyone to listen to his podcast. he was joking around saying that like all the DBs were telling him he should have taken it to the crib. And Durant was like, I didn't think Mariota was that fast. Um, I don't know what to say to that, Zach, but good for the rookie for making the play in the first place. Yeah. I'm glad he was around because it like bobbled off of the, uh, the wide receivers helmet a couple times before it kind of flew into uh, Durant's hands. So, um, a very well designed uh, play by him on on staying with it and, and getting that ball and taking it down. Um, he he was definitely a standout in this game. Definitely deserves. If we gave out game balls, I would give him a game ball. Yeah, uh, the Rams would end up off of that interception, getting a touchdown. That was, I would say, a top five pass from Stafford as a Ram so far. That uh, end zone fade, I believe. Uh, such a beautiful pass, perfectly p- just placed. Um, a top five pass in my book for uh, Stafford as a Ram. Uh, Falcons uh, end up uh, ending yeah, the ending till half. Uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, they just they did three plays and basically they were trying to get something moving with a very short period of time that they had, but you know it just ended in the half. Mm-hmm. So the Rams end up kicking off and um, they go 13 plays, 78 yards. They stall in the red zone. Um, do you remember? Is this the drive, Zach, that Robinson had the touchdown that was called back? Or was that later? No, so that is this one. So Cooper Cup should have only had one touchdown. Um, that was definitely this one, and this one was a this was super strange because even when they like they called it a medical timeout, and but they did it they they didn't blow the whistle until I think it, the ball was in the air to Robinson mid-play. like or Robinson had it like it was mid play by the time that they called it, and then they had to go back and I, I that was just bad officiating. Um, 
on that play, like whether it was supposed to be or not, the game was like the play was already being done. Um, it was it was great that it still ended up as a touchdown. Um, no, that but, ended as a field goal. No, 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 no. That one did end as a touchdown. That one was the Cooper Cup. Um, okay, so okay. Coop- so that, that yeah, so they third. went down. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third quarter one was when. They they had to settle for a field goal and there was no touchdown. They they did two fades instead of and I'll get to that. I have big problems about that one. Uh, but this was the one where they did this weird medical timeout. Uh, but then they tossed it to Cooper on the other side, and he he got the touchdown there. Yeah, um, no clue. We'll we'll talk about that more. Um, Falcons respond by going three and out, and then the Rams get the ball back and Stafford throws. I don't. I have no clue why he threw that ball trying to go to the cup, and uh, it just he didn't see. Uh, I believe it was a linebacker. Uh, didn't see a linebacker, and linebacker just got a free pick. Just easy peasy. Uh, Falcons end up doing a deep pass. Uh, Mariota was at what five plays, twenty yards off of the interception to get a touchdown. Uh, Drake London, really, really good player in this game, and I think I would keep an eye out for him uh, in the future, especially fantasy-wise. I think he's going to be a stud out of U, what, USC, I believe. Um, so after the Falcons touchdown, the Rams end up going 13 plays, 80 yards down the field, uh, stalling out again, getting a field goal. So – for the most part, you had an interception. They got points off of it. We responded with a field goal. I still don't think the game was out of hand until uh, probably two drives from now. Uh, the Falcons go eight plays, 72 yards, uh, and they hit a uh, pretty wide open, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, Sakaius. Uh yeah, man, it, it felt like in the fourth quarter, our defense, especially our safeties, got very, very. Yeah, that was the play where I think Ramsey was like calling for help, um, if I'm not mistaken, where he thought a safety was supposed to help cover him, uh, cover the, the receivers that were coming that was coming through. And was, was that the one I believe I, I believe that was. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, it, it was. And this is the second week in a row where you have Ramsey in a underneath coverage. Or it looks pretty clearly. Again, we don't know. We don't have the play sheet. But it looked from all intents purposes that he was on the underneath coverage and he's supposed to have safety coverage above. And the safety goes too far close to the middle of the field. And they can't, they don't. And we don't, we do not have athletic enough safeties to get over there in enough time to cover someone who goes above the underneath coverage. So, second week in a row that has happened, they this defense is starting to worry me with stuff like that. You cannot let that type of coverage uh, get broken consistently because you're just giving away free deep touchdowns and against Buffalo it's a little bit more understandable that there's a lot to defend against that type of team against the Falcons 
they have two key players outside of that it's not much going for him so it's you you can't let people like that beat you like Zacchaeus mm-hmm. especially with the talent we have on the defensive side okay off my soapbox uh Rams end up doing uh not a three and out but six plays 16 uh 16 uh, yards uh we end up deciding the punt and this is where like I was irritated up to this point but I wasn't concerned and of course our special teams uh gets a block punt it was terrible blocking it it wasn't even like the dude jumped over the line it wasn't even like he busted through the line the line wasn't there they didn't even yeah, attempt when- to block him that was one of the worst block punts I've seen by the Rams and we've seen a good amount of them in the last three years which is pretty sad I I guarantee you we're probably top five in most block uh field goals and punts in the league uh, for sure you can't you can't allow them to jump that like jump inside that a gap and just like just barrel towards them like not even jump just, just walk just walk yeah. through the a gap like, it's mm-hmm. one thing if they jump and they make a great play and they get the arm up enough to block the punt. Uh, but, man, you, you can't allow just such a breakdown like that to happen and then they get a touchdown off of it. Uh, and then they the go rain. for a two-point conversion, which I thought was an interesting – I mean, it worked out into their favor, but it was, no, it, it was interesting. It really how... didn't do anything for them. Uh, well, the I only think, the only thing that happened for them was is that they, if they, they, they made it a six point game, so a touchdown would have won it. If they would have just kicked a field goal, it would have been a seven point game to tie it. So it it just seemed, I guess it just seemed weird. Um, they they that, didn't want to tie if they got in that situation because they a team like that they know they're not probably going to win the longer the game goes on, right? So. That's true. That's probably true. Yeah, I mean, statistically, you look, the Falcons aren't built to win an OT. Uh, But, you know, they had a lot of fighting spirit, and we made a ton of mistakes. Uh, They kind of recovered after being so sloppy in the first half. Um, So they end up blocking our punt. Uh, The Rams come back, and we have three plays. Uh... Uh, a short one the cup uh, a few a um, few pass attempts and then he hits Cooper Cup and I don't know what it is with our comeback games or games where teams are coming back against us and I guess a Cooper Cup and a block pun is like a mandatory thing for us to give up now because Cup fumbles I mean we almost never see that um, he could have just easily went down. I think that's going to be something you see Cup not do in the future in different circumstances. Uh, because I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful throw and a beautiful catch. I mean, he was wide open. Like there was nobody around him, and then he starts going up the field, and obviously, you know, the rest is history. And um, but the other thing is, is like Allen Robinson was right there and could have grabbed the ball, and he missed the ball too. So. Um, so yeah, just a, 
you know, when we talk about statistics, that's just a statistic that doesn't happen. Uh, that's a very low percentage chance of happening. And yet here we are. Yeah. Dude, I, I was just on the couch. Like I was awestruck, Zach. I couldn't imagine if I was in the stadium, I would just be like, there's no way that just happened after a block punt, a cup fumble. Ugh. I can't, um, I can't believe it. So the Falcons recover that, and they end up pushing towards their red zone. Uh, you have Mariota try to do a deep throw, and uh, Ramsey just mosses their wide receiver. Uh, not the person I would be throwing to. I would probably throw to London in that type of situation. But, yeah, throw at the guy covered by Jalen Ramsey. That's going to definitely work out for you. Well, uh, I mean, he, I think the problem with this the problem with this play was Aaron Donald. I mean, yes, Jalen Ramsey's getting all the credit for, you know, mossing um this wide receiver, but uh if you if you go back and look at like the all twenty two version of it, you can see that Aaron Donald is the one pressuring him and he has to throw it higher than he I think he was targeted, because if he would have thrown it lower, it was gonna be a catch touchdown. I most well, guarantee I, that it was. But I think it was Aaron Donald's pressure that pushed it, made him throw it up higher and get rid of it faster than he wanted to get rid of it. I don't disagree that Aaron Donald putting pressure caused the throw to be higher, but I'm not going to say that Ramsey still didn't have opportunity to play the ball. Like You remember that um, one deflected pass to, I believe, D-Hop, where you had the athletic where Ramsey kind of flew over the wide receiver while batting the ball uh, before it could be caught. I, I He can make plays from behind to stop a, that type of thrown ball. So I'm just saying we don't know if he would have scored exactly. Um, it would have been high, higher percentage than what happened, but still, nevertheless, uh, Ramsey makes an impressive play. Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald, which for some reason, some people want to say he's been useless or hasn't been present in the last two weeks as if he isn't the most double and triple team uh, rush player in the entire game. I I just don't get why people... It's like, are you not watching the same game I am? I, I, I don't mean... Get... He was the only Rams player uh, via PFF to score above a 90 um, in their ranking. So, you know, there is that. I, I don't know. Uh, and then the Falcons, uh, sorry, the Rams, after they get the interception, uh, they do a few plays. And once it's, what, third or fourth down, they end up doing a safety to basically waste enough time. So, Falcons can only do Hail Marys. And so this was this was the interesting call because obviously we just had the block punt. Our our punter is uh, unsure if he's capable of punting at this point. I mean, he took a hard hit. Um, and, and so they're like, what, what do you do? And all of a sudden we see Powell come out there and we're like, he looked like he was going to punt the ball. <laughs> we just thought like... I, I that's what I thought. I was like, "Is he really gonna punt this ball?" Um, no. The the no, second I saw Powell, I, I knew he was gonna do safety because we were five up. 
And the second you're five up, or sorry, six up, the second you're six up, two points won't matter. They need a touchdown no matter what to win it. And at that point, um, you rather lose the time and just take the loss if they can get a Hail Mary versus give them more time to get in position to get an easier touchdown. So it, it made a lot of sense. I thought it was a really well coached, or not coached, but well thrown, uh, kind of brought to light plan. And apparently, the one who came up with that was Pal. So no, it was Wolfer. That is, or was it, was it Wolfer? Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, Coach McVeigh said it on his Coach McVeigh show um, that Wolford was the one who initiated that that conversation, which, you know, as far as Rams players go, I, I don't make this unknown, but Wolford's probably my least favorite Rams player. But, um, you know, that was a good uh, good thing to throw out there. Apparently they do practice that. Um, it's kind of they, – they kind of – Sean McVay was kind of joking, like, why do we really – or, like, you know, some players ask, why do we practice it? And it's for these instances of when you need to practice it to kill some time off the clock. Yeah, when you uh, kind of choke a 28-3 lead. Uh, not fully choke, though. We're not the Falcons. Uh, I know a lot of people on Twitter, especially on Falcons Twitter, was getting super excited. They were like, oh, we're going to break the curse as if we're the Patriots. Like, we didn't do that to y'all. You guys need to do that to the Patriots, and then you would break the curse. Uh, you're still a meme, and I'm happy we did not become a joke. For a week for choking uh <laughs> there were several right. other teams in the nfl that that took that honor oh yeah it was actually a lot of teams choked leads uh this last week so um we were not one of them and i'm happy because i would have been very depressed for like probably 30 minutes and then i would have remembered hey we won a super bowl so i really don't care <laughs> quarter two all right, Zach, let's uh, move forward and kind of talk about the offense more specifically. Uh, uh, rap Sheet did come out and uh, say that Tremaine Ingram is out indefinitely because of a fractured fibula. Um, that sucks. He's been a player I've kind of championed. I've had a lot of belief in him. I watched him a good amount because uh, – a lot of my families are a lot of my family like USC, uh, the South Carolina USC, and they play Clemson a lot. So I did get to see uh, Tremaine Ingram during college, and he always impressed me. Uh, I thought he's done a solid job whenever he did start for the Rams. Uh, just sad to hear Zach, and it's more turnover on the offensive line that has looked. It's looked shaky. They did better last week. But again, that's not a great defensive line to go against. So they still have a lot to prove. For sure. Um, you know, the Rams did a lot of interesting things just because of uh, just because of the fact that they did have this shakeup. Um, you know, I was super I was super impressed with the O line this this week. Again, I know it's you know, it's the Falcons, so what can you really say? But um, just I, I like I said, I was just more 
just impressed by uh, by what they did and um you know they we had the, we had the injury with Ankrum and you know we we adjusted with that and then you know we had um Skoranek in I formation as a uh, as a fullback and this was interesting in and of itself and I think it helped tremendously to this run game that just, you know, was pretty much non-existent um, during the Bills game where there was a couple okay runs by Henderson. But other than that, that's it. Uh, this game, you know, it was uh, it was so much more. It was so much better for the running backs so that they could open up the pass game more um, and things like that. So I was I was definitely happy. Um, and then uh, AJ Jackson or. Uh, you know, I think he did great filling in that role oh, yeah. for Ingram. You know, again, it's that next man up mentality. Um, and I just, I, you know, I, I think it's great. And um, that he's taking, he's going to a position that he never really, um, he never really played before. He was more of a tackle and he had to fit into a, um, a guard position. So um, very, very happy with his performance that night. Again, it's against the, the Falcons, but you know, when, when you are filling in a fill-in spot, um, I think that says a lot when you you kept the quarterback pretty much clean. Yeah, um, I'll give a shout-out to Jake Ellabogan for uh, pointing this out. And I didn't notice it until I rewatched uh, some of the tape. And we kind of mimicked the Bills with how they ran on us because they used a lot of fullback formations, a lot of motion with the full with their fullback and we kind of did the same thing but not with a fullback but with Skoranek at fullback so it was it was an interesting way to kind of have lessons learned from that Bills game and then implementing it into your own uh, play calling so I thought that was fascinating I don't know if that was something pre-planned or if he already had it in his playbook he was like well I, I think I should start using it more because uh, we're struggling with run blocking. So, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. I think, like I said, I think they did a great job with what they had and they made adjustments and uh, I think they made the perfect adjustments. Um, you want to talk about some wide receivers? Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson isn't in a witness protest- protection program anymore. Yeah, he was targeted five times with uh, four receptions, 53 yards, averaging 13.3 uh, yards uh, with his longest being 29. And he also had that touchdown. So um, definitely great for him to kind of get his moment, uh, especially at SoFi Stadium. Uh, makes it even more, um, makes it much so much more better. Um, you know, Cooper Cup was still being Cooper cup. Uh, he had 11 receptions for 108 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Obviously he had that one fumble, but, um, this is Cooper cup. Um, he's, he's still the best. He's still the best at his position, um, from all aspects as a football player as a whole. Um, and, uh, but the other good things is that, you know, Stafford was passing this ball around. I mean, Higby was targeted, uh, nine times caught seven of them for 71 yards, um, Akers was in the, the, the passing game with, uh, two receptions, 18 yards. Garanik had two, uh, for 16 yards and even Powell got a cut, got a catch too through that. So, um, a lot better job of spreading the ball around. Um, and they were hitting, 
um, a lot. Uh, they were hitting, you know, more yards than they were doing against the Bills. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Stafford a little bit more specifically, Zach. Uh, at least I kind of equate it to uh, what when I was thinking about when we were writing up notes for this podcast. I was equating it to like you have a all star paper paper for school you have written for college, and you have for two pages straight like you're knocking out a ballpark. But there's two paragraphs where you look like, just for some reason, you wrote like a second grader. So everything else is A+, but two paragraphs just terrible. And that's what I felt with Stafford's performance. There's so much great in this game. Like, so much. And for the full game. But there are moments where you're just like, what the hell were you thinking? And with his two picks, outside of that, like... Uh, he only had, what, uh, three? So he had nine misses, two being picks. So really only uh, uh, seven misses in the entire game. That's pretty damn good. And one of those should have been a caught touchdown, may I remind people, uh, that Higby just couldn't bring in. Uh, it just, he was really on fire. It just... I don't I, I wish that part of his game could be refined a little bit. Now he doesn't I feel like he has a lot worse luck than some other QBs because I sometimes I'll watch Mahomes and he'll throw like four interceptions in a row and they're just not caught. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Uh, but Zach, what's your take take away from Stafford's general performance this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he played really well. Um, you know, like we mentioned, you know, he did have those two interceptions. Um, but, uh, you know, one of them, yes, I think was completely his fault. He shouldn't have thrown it um, into that double coverage to, to Higby. Um, that was a poor throw. Um, the other one was just a better defensive play. And it, he kind of just, the defender kind of got the jump on the ball. So, um, I think we wouldn't be so hard if he didn't have so many from the previous game, um, just based on what he did. But like I said, you know, 36 for 27, 272 yards, um, three touchdowns. You know, I that's that's a that's a pretty good game of itself. I mean, yeah, he had the two interceptions, but um, I mean, if he didn't have the block punt things would have also been a little different going, going down that road. So, um, so I think, I think he's playing well. I think um, the biggest thing was just that his offensive line and doing that eye formation with uh, Skoranek in the back, I think definitely helped give Stafford more time to make the plays. Um, And, you know, I, we saw, uh, we saw him run, uh, even if it was for no yards, you know, he still ran to try to get something out of it. Uh, we saw him throw the ball, the ball a couple of times, throw the ball away a couple of times, which is great. Um, you know, we don't want to see him take sacks. Uh, the more sacks he gets, the I think the um, more pressure builds on him, and then he's more likely to make mistakes. Um, so either he's red hot and he makes mistakes, or he's getting hit so many times he's making mistakes. So there needs to be that right balance of... Um, of, of, just of the being game on fire. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, Fourth quarter Stafford the whole game. That's that would be my perfect scenario. Zach is uh, ice in the vein Stafford, but the whole game without having to make a mistake and get angry about it in the first quarter. <laughs> that's that's what I would love. But uh, you know he's imperfect. QB, he's a slinger, but man, uh, love him. He brought another championship to us, so can't complain too much. All right, uh, let's kind of talk about the running backs, uh, Zach. Yeah, you can look in retrospect. Uh, they didn't do terrible this game, and you can look back at how the Bills shut down uh, Derrick Henry on uh, Monday Night Football, like, man, Zach, that was pretty brutal that uh, Cam Akers, oh, no, sorry, Daryl Henderson ended up with less attempts and more yards than Derrick Henry did against the Bills. So just think about that. Um, I'm not saying Daryl Henderson is Derrick Henry. What I'm saying is the Bills are a really good defense, uh, you can't really look at our running backs through that kind of lens. But they didn't do great this game either. They were doing all right, but I'm I'm missing that bell cow type of running back. I don't know how you feel, Zach. I'm missing yeah, Todd Gurley so much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I miss it too. Uh, miss him too. And, um, you know, I think – I think the NFL has almost moved away from that. I mean, there's not many teams who have um, a cowbell anymore. They're more doing this by two man or doing it by a three man committee. And I, and I think it's just these running backs there, the health of these running backs are just not very long. Um, and so, you know, obviously that's an important position because if you can't have a running game, then you really, your passing game gets struggles a lot. So, uh, you know, needing to find one or two, you know, really good running backs um, is something that you need. Um, in my personal opinion, I think Henderson is, is if I would, you know, want someone to be, you know, the bowling ball, the, you know, the, the heavy hand, I would want to give it to him. Um, there was plenty of times where I was disappointed in our coaching staff for not giving it to Henderson, especially um, when they were on the field goal line. I, uh, when they, when they, went for the field goal um the two plays before that were both they were on the one yard line and they decided to do two passing plays when henderson just got six yards to get to the one yard line um and i do have henderson in my fantasy so i do get that but uh henderson's also just the the bigger guy i mean he's the guy who puts his shoulder down and he can he can get an extra yard or two if he wants to i mean like you said um when when the Rams were against the Bills, Cam Akers got no yards. Um, did get very many attempts, but no yards at all. Uh, Henderson at least did something, um, whether it was three yards, four yards, whatever. He still was able to push a little bit more. And so I think you're going to see Henderson uh, be more of that uh, red zone goal line, um, uh, you know, push push the pile forward if need be. Yeah, so uh, I think maybe that injury with Acres is 
still lingering a little bit, Zach, just because uh, you can see, like, he, he doesn't have the power he did his rookie season. And it kind of makes you think about the what if. What if he didn't get injured last preseason? Because the injury he got, it's very well known. Most people don't come back to playing. And then the people who do clearly have not enough or not enough, but uh, don't have as much power. And I think it's been clear, like, he doesn't have the same power he did as a rookie. As a rookie, he he didn't just have the speed of Henderson. He had the power of a lot of good uh, power backs. He was a really good total package, uh, and it just sucks. It's bad luck. Uh, it's not his fault through lack of trying. It's just like your body can only take so much, and running back is a position that's very brutal on the body. So uh, I just don't think he has it. Uh, it kills me to say that. And Henderson, yeah. I like, he's just he's not well-rounded enough as a running back in the NFL to be effective a full game. And he has injury issues himself. Yeah, he does. And, you know, with Henderson, I feel like he's just not this nice, shiny toy that Cam Akers is. Um, He's not this shiny object that people – he's not super explosive. Um, You know, he's he's not a – He's not a – he's average. But what's good about him is, like, he seems more reliable – um, he's a bigger guy, so if you if you want a back that is going to protect your quarterback, I think that he's going to protect you more than Akers is going to protect you. Yes, very if underrated need, in protection. If you need to push the pile and get, you know, you need six yards, you can guarantee, I think almost guarantee, that if you need those six yards, I think Henderson's going to push to get that extra. If he could only get four, he's going to push to get two more. Um, and that's just because of the way he's built, he's built differently. He's built a little bit more bulkier than acres is. And I think acres, when he gets hit, he kind of just goes backwards. He doesn't really push forwards. Not anymore. He, in his rookie year, he did. He definitely did. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, more of the grind and, you know, a lot of it is mental. I mean, when you come back from an, in like a, um, uh, a season-ending yeah, you injury or any injury, you you come back kind of worried and kind of um, you kind of handicap yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did propose this on Twitter, Zach, and tell me what you think of it. I think a good trade candidate for the Rams, especially if we lose one of our running backs, even if we don't, if we still have mediocre, mediocre uh, running uh, game over the next few weeks, I think we could trade for Cordell Patterson. We have seen that he is a versatile tool. He's a little bit older. I feel like the Falcons are realistic with their roster. They won't be looking to be playing deep in the playoffs or anything like that. So I do think they would trade him. He is relatively affordable. And I think McVeigh would have a lot of fun game planning with him as a tool. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you think he would be worth, let's say, a third-round pick for Cordell Patterson? 
you know, I mean, I, I, I would get everyone, anyone a shot. Um, you know, I'm still kind of mad that we got rid of Sonny Michelle. Um, but it is what it is, but you know, for a third round pick. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, if it's going to improve our running game, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, he can catch too. And that's what we saw in our, the game against us. It just, he's kind of a little, he's been on a bad Falcons team for the last two years and he's been the highlight of their team. So I think he would do good in our system and that would be a really low key pickup that wouldn't cost a lot, but that would like boost the team a good amount. Quarter three. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the defense, Zach. Uh, the defense only gave up around, let's say, 18 points this game. Uh, what's your reaction uh, to this defensive game so overall against the Falcons? Um, because, yeah, they only scored 18 points, and then – Let's also take off the account that they gave up a touchdown instantly in the red zone after being on the field for a full drive. So the the defense had a good night. Uh, what's your take on it? No, I thought the I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, obviously, before it got to the middle of the third quarter, we was twenty eight to three. So I thought that you know going from that 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 was. Uh, that was excellent. Um, obviously, we also had uh, the early um, the early interception by Kobe Durant. Uh, Kobe Durant also got a sack, so he is also the first rookie to get a sack and an interception in the same game. Um, so that's pretty notable. Um, you know, I know. You know, I think Jalen Ramsey definitely bounced back this year yet, or that bounced back this week. Yes, um, he did get that touchdown, but I or he did miss on that touchdown. But again, we kind of all agreed that we think this is more of a safety problem um, that no one was helping him out in that coverage when they should have been. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, even, I mean, even coming to the end where, you know, yes, we didn't hear Aaron Donald's name, but that doesn't always mean anything. I mean, Aaron Donald is always getting double or triple team. So, you know, if he's, if he is getting that presence, then, you know, someone else is going to have to make that move. Um, and, you know, he was the one who uh, did recover that final fumble uh, at the end that completely sealed the game away uh, from the Falcons. So um, all in all, I think they did a great job. Uh, Greg Gaines did an excellent job. Uh, I saw him out here. I think the one person that I don't really remember his name being called super often was Wagner. Um I think Bobby Wagner is one of the one names that I I feel like I didn't uh, he, hear as often. If Did I remember a... correct, he got a sack, and he also was part of helping stop on one of those fourth downs that they tried to do. Gotcha. So he's been I wouldn't say quiet. He's le- I think he leads the team in tackles, but I feel like he's not just making huge splash plays in the context of these games, because we've had two really weird games back-to-back, like mm-hmm. unnormal games, not like normal competitive games. So it, I think his kind of uh, role will change throughout the season. Uh, Zach, I 
if I can, let me just say, me and you, we're not against kind of talking negatively or calling out someone like uh, Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey. We're going to be critical when we think uh, they warrant it. And that that kind of criticism, like you're being Homer or you're just being protective, protective of Jalen Ramsey. No, good example of Jalen Ramsey actually getting um, uh, burnt is like uh, Mike Evans in the Bucks divisional game. He got burnt in man coverage in that game for a touchdown. He was bad in that game. This was not the same situation. And I feel like people need to they need to learn difference between man and zone. Like first off, if they want to call other people's homers or not. And same thing with like Aaron Donald getting pressures and stuff like that. Like just because he's not getting twenty sacks because he's getting the highest triple and double team rating out of all players doesn't mean he's not being effective. So I uh, just wanted to put that out there before we moved on. Yeah, no, I think those are all good points. Uh, so, Zach, uh, what do you think of – I don't know if Durant will be in the next game or not, but let's say he gets the green light. Do you think Rochelle and David Long Jr. are in trouble for the second – or, sorry, for the third and fourth uh, cornerback spots? You know, I, I don't think Rochelle is as much. Um, I think he's still learning. I think he still had a couple good plays out there. I mean, he was coming in towards the end. But um, David Long Jr., he, it, it's so hard because I, like, I really like David Long Jr. I think he's done some great things in the past. Um, but he's just, he's not, doesn't seem like he's at the same level where he should be. Um, and you know, when you're, you're trying to, you know, uh, give Troy Hill a break and I know he's, I think he's questionable for this week. Um, it's just, you need someone who's going to play aggressively and I'm not sure I've seen that much, um, uh, aggression from, from him. Uh, but you know, like I said, I, I like our corners as a whole. I think we have good depth. Um, yes, they, they can make mistakes sometimes, but, um, I, I still think we have a good group of corners. Um, what are your thoughts? You, you, you know, me, Zach, I am not much of a David Long fan at all. Um, it's nothing personal. I think he's a great guy. Um, awesome dude. I just he he constantly gets burnt. He he does. Uh, he cannot play in this league against top tier wide receiver talent. Um, he does fine against some of the lower tier wide receivers, uh, but he will never be a one or two corner, and he struggles at three. And I just think. Um, he's a kind of practice squad level guy. And the only reason why he's made the roster is because people have either failed to capitalize on him or, uh, it was his draft position with the team and the team not wanting to really, uh, give him up when he isn't terrible. He's just mediocre. Uh, 
So really, uh, I think I said, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, I said that I thought uh, Darian Kendrick would end up getting a starting corner role by the end of the year. I still think that's going to be true. I th- I'm very high on DK. Um, I like Durant, too. Uh, I saw both when they were playing in college, more uh, DK, and I just think DK, once it clicks for him, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a star corner in the league for a while. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think that will eventually happen. Quarter four. Sweet. Talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, let's let's talk about our friends, the Cardinals. Uh, what was your reaction to the Cardinals getting uh, completely bailed out by the Raiders refusing to want to win their game? Just, I I can't uh, believe they were they were so they were so oh worried my. about popping champagne bottles. Their at least their fans were. Um, then, oh then my. actually, just just the way that game ended with. Not just like Kyler Murray running for his life uh, all over the dang place uh, for two-point conversions, but just the way the refs called back a touchdown that should have been the, like, the Cardinals got bailed out on so many circumstances, and then in overtime, just the way that uh, went Renfro fumbled it twice like in overtime i just couldn't believe that they won that game they did not deserve to win that game at all in the comeback fashion yeah uh, you know like i said that was one of the games where there there was a major comeback um and so i didn't get to watch the full game i kind of just kind of caught some of the highlights but uh man you know i watched it I, I couldn't believe that the Raiders were giving up the things they were and then like they get the stop in overtime and all they had to do, they could literally on the 40-yard line kick the field goal and win it right then and there. And Renfro catches it, fumbles it, they recover, and then two plays later they do the exact same play and it happens with a fumble, but this time the Cardinals get it in – get the recovery for the win and it just it pisses me off when we have a hard fought like comeback and then like the Rams get a pass interference and we lose to the Bills in 2020 the way we did and we should have had our what I think it would have been the best comeback ever in our franchise history but we get that taken away but they get a win off of such a stupid fashion against the Raiders. Uh, but either way, they're one and one. Uh, they lost in a blowout to the Chiefs. So uh, we both have something in common getting blown out in week one. Uh, we both win in week two, albeit uh, the Rams a little bit. I, I guess you could say a better fashion, but not much. Uh, they ended 11 and six. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has a habit of just completely wrecking the second half of the season for any team he coaches on. 
but they end up losing in the wild card round to uh, the Rams. And you, I think we all remember that game where we just blew them out. And uh, unlike the Falcons, we kept the boot on the throat the full game and just completely demolished them. Uh, they ended 11th in both offense and defense, so they were a borderline top 10 team. Uh, they lost a good amount of key players in Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, uh, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, uh, pretty big names. They do bring in Mar- Marquise Brown. So Hollywood Brown, I think that's a upgrade from Christian Kirk. Not much of an upgrade. It's something, um, but they didn't really replace anything else. So their defense, I think, got a decent amount worse uh, this year. And you see that with the Cardinals carving them up and the Raiders basically doing the same thing for three quarters. Uh, Zach, uh, what's your impression of this Cardinals team and has your opinion changed of them in the last two weeks? Uh, no, um, I think I – think the Cardinals, they always get into their own heads. Um, and I think that's especially true to Murray. And, you know, if the Rams could just keep that up and the Rams, you know, do a very good job of, you know, getting into the quarterback's head, um, especially with Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, uh, Leonard Floyd, um, you know, our defensive front, when, when they're the, when they make their presence known, they really rattle the quarterback. Um, and I, and, you know, yes, Murray can, you know, scooch around and and but you know i he's gonna get caught sooner or or later and um uh you know i i think that the cardinals have some potential uh but i just don't think they're all there yet um they're still gonna be they're still missing hopkins um so it's uh i i think you know i think it's it's gonna be a nail biter um just because i feel like the the cardinals are gonna want to do something, some trickery or something to mess us up. But um, I, I I think the Rams are, are going to pull this one out. Yeah, I think the key with Murray is not necessarily a great pass rush, but closing the pocket and stopping him from uh, leaking out. Because that's what he did on the Raiders in the fourth quarter. He just continuously, the pocket would close and he would just get out around. And if and if he didn't throw it then, then he would just rotate back and go around the whole pocket again, and, like, the Raiders couldn't do anything about it. He was just running around in the backfield, and they couldn't contain him in the initial pocket. And you just got to stop him from doing that. And we have been great uh, in most of our games in doing that to Kyla Murray. So uh, I expect the same thing. I, I agree with you, Uh or well, I initially thought it would be a uh, close game. I think we're on a different level. I think they have regressed a little bit. Um, they will get a little bit better whenever Hopkins comes back. I think that will add a explosive element to their team that they're missing right now. Uh, but Marquise Brown is like the only heavy hitter right now. James Conner is banged up and. I don't know if he's playing in this game. And if he's not playing in the game, Zach, he was the only thing that made him relatively like competitive at all in that second game in the season, if you don't remember. So like without D-Hop and only Marquise Brown, 
I I think we could put on the clamps, and I don't think I don't see us if we build up a lead doing another choke uh, like last week. I would hope not. Um, yeah, I mean, if you when you look at the stats from this past week too, I mean, the receiving yards for the Cardinals there was their uh, tight end in Zach Ertz. Like he had eight receptions for seventy five yards. Like that was that that's their game leader highlight for receiving yards. So. Um, just interesting to note that. And, and our uh, tight end coverage, which used to be a thorn in our side, we talked about it a lot last year, was mainly because our linebacking wasn't good enough to cover tight ends, and that was a big area where teams kind of would scalp us apart in is thrown to the tight end. This year, we've done a really, you know, Pretty good job in covering the tight end. Uh, Kyle Pitts is not a bad tight end. He's a great tight end, and he didn't do good. And um, even the coach of the Falcons said, this isn't fantasy football. We were trying to win, and we couldn't throw to the tight end. Um, So I think that bodes well for this game uh, if we have to cover uh, uh, their tight end, which is a, a pretty good one. In Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach, uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about some viewer questions? Yeah, so we got a couple questions that came through um, through our Twitter account. Uh, if you haven't, follow us at, at East Coast Rams. Um, but Ramzilla uh, did a, had a uh, question for us. It would love to know our thoughts on the root causes for some of our recent uh, second, second half, half challenges. Uh, so um, the Rams in their last five games um, had in the second half of the game. Am I reading that right? Yeah. So they had four field goals and four touchdowns. So in the last five games in the second half of the game, five, five field goals, four touchdowns. So a total of nine scores. Also in those same last five games, they've also had in the second half, eight turnovers, eight punts, two conversion on downs, one blocked blocked punt, and one missed field goal. So 20 non-score drives. What do you you think, Ashton, as as far as what some of these root causes could be? I mean, at least from my perspective, uh, apart – a problem with looking at it that way is you're kind of cherry picking two of the weirdest games the Rams have had in a while. Um, and it so happens that Tampa Bay game and this Falcons game are included. And then you also include that Bills game we just went through, which is probably the worst Sean McVay loss uh, since 2019 Ravens. So, it can be really easy when looking at that lens to say like, Oh, we have some uh, big issues uh, that need to be addressed. Um, Will I sit here and say there aren't problems that we have right now that we need to address? Yeah, I agree. But I already saw us addressing some of them. Um, There were just a lot of fluke things that happened in the second or in the fourth quarter of last weekend's game um, that 
because I didn't really see a huge flaw with our defense, uh, at least in the last game. And on the offense-wise, like, um, Cooper Cup doesn't fumble that often. Like, out of those five games, Cooper Cup fumble. Uh, Cooper Cup has fumbled twice. Are you gonna start saying Cooper Cup has a fumbling problem? No, he doesn't. It's just a weird circumstance, and I feel like in that moment, um, Stafford and Cup can get caught up on trying to make hero or try to do hero ball, and that results in some mistakes and lapse of judgment trying to go too far, like make moves that he wouldn't normally make, and he has a fumble because of it. So uh, I would say it's more coincidence than anything else. Uh, We do have problems, uh, especially on the offense, that we need to work through, but I don't think it's a trend is what I'm trying to say. What about you, Zach? If anything, um, I would say that it's it's sometimes we let the foot off the gas. I mean, we can see this with the Tampa game. Um, some of these instances where we, and, and especially this game where we kind of, um, and maybe we not took this game our as much, but yeah, we kind of just, you know, we came back from half, we're up by a bunch, we scored a touchdown, now we're up by even more. Um, you know, it's a, we're, we're, we have a 25 point lead and we're halfway through the third quarter. Um, so it, Sometimes I feel and like McVeigh we just the goes off into it. like I feel like McVeigh has a like uh, two pages in the front of his play call book that's like when I'm up high and I want to be lazy playbook like vanilla play calls that he just does because he's like oh well this game's over I have to I can stop thinking um, well yeah it's, it's so that we don't have to we don't have to do the the big plays like. He's like, well, I'm not going to use my super secret special plays when we're up by 25 points. But I think at the reverse, there's that also that panic that happens when we're down by two scores. Now we have to try to catch up and we have that over panic where now we have to do all the hero work like you mentioned. So I I feel like, it, you know, if it's a closer game, you know, we're just kind of going back and forth or we're up by two scores um, instead of, you know, three plus scores. I think we play a little bit different and we don't, we don't just like, you know, we may not be pushing the brakes, but you know, our foot is a little bit off the gas. I, I agree with you, Zach. Uh, that's definitely a, um, that's been an issue with McVeigh is uh, adjustments typically and adjusting the changing circumstances. Um, He's always been one of those head coaches. If you notice, if things are going right, he just does it for the full game. And if things are going wrong, he tends to do it for the full game. He's gotten better in the last two years at halftime adjustments. I think that was a big part of why we won the Super Bowl was adjusting at halftime because he used to be really bad at that. Uh, But I want to start seeing quarter adjustments. And I think that's the reason why why when we play big teams – and whatever we're doing isn't working. We just never get in the game. It's like either what he pre-planned works and we're competitive or it just doesn't. And we just play like crap against a good team. And uh, I con- uh, consistently see that with McVeigh and hopefully they uh, fix that. 
Uh, let's go to our next question uh, at payo time. It says Allen Robinson's bounce back game. Um, yeah, I don't think there was necessarily anything bounce back. Like he didn't have bad plays in the first game. They just didn't look his way. I think I almost feel like McVay had to yell at Stafford to actually look his way and throw the ball. So um, uh, that's my opinion on it. He. He just needed attention more than anything. He needs to grow the trust of Stafford. Stafford's guys, he did the same thing with Woods last year. He ignored Woods until, like, game six. So I'm not worried. He'll get his production eventually. I agree with you. Um, uh, I I wouldn't consider a bounce-back game. You know, if this was – if he was still only being targeted, you know, a couple times, still no touchdowns, you know, maybe, but – um, I mean, in this game, he probably should have had two touchdowns. Obviously, we had that weird medical call. Well, he back, did have but two touchdowns. He in our in our hearts, not by someone's fantasy, but by our hearts, he had he had two touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I don't think it, I don't wouldn't consider a bounce back game either. I think this is it, it's progression, um, and you know we're just going to see more and more coming out of the weeks, especially you know once you get uh, Van Jefferson back as another. Um, you know, uh, deep threat. I think it, it will open up um, Allen Robinson a lot more. Yeah, I think he's going to be a monster midseason. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Ashton, before we wrap things up? Uh, no. Hopefully uh, our O-line can stay healthy this next game. Uh it should be a good game against the Cardinals, and uh, hopefully uh, my fantasy team keeps on doing solid, uh, not too shabby. Yeah, we'll have to do a breakdown of our fantasies, you know, here in a couple weeks, and uh, kind of go through what we, uh, who we picked, and why we picked them. So I think that would be a fun segment to do. Yeah, Maybe yeah. On the bye we, week. Yeah, I'll just tease it. I was the crazy guy who picked three tight ends in the first five rounds and oh, we gotta, uh, we're gonna need to know why during uh, uh, during that during that bye week yeah it, Did, it was controversial but let me say i am the highest overall score in the league so far i'm gonna just put that out there and let people uh stew on that and we'll kind of see if people are interested in talking a little bit more about fantasy in the future for sure. Uh, I'm hopeful that I'm going to be able to even watch this game. I got kids softball that, you know, they like to play on Sunday afternoon. So we'll see how this goes, but I'll be following along on Twitter in case I can't see it. But anyway, I'm sure the Rams will go up by 50 Zach in the first quarter and you can just leave it to hey, them. The rest, the last time I wasn't able to watch a Rams game, it was last year during the Jaguars game. So, you know, oh. it was, they, they did pretty well all considering. So what you're saying is they just like to give you a heart attack. Pretty much. I think that's just what they like to do. Um, well, with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up with this episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at eastcoastrams.com or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we are getting uh, some great feedback for, uh, on our Twitter, getting to interact with a lot of different fans, um, getting quite a few people to follow us. And uh, we're just really excited to kind of continue down this journey uh bringing you guys season two and 
um, you know, getting to meet with you and getting to interact with you guys. And it's just, it's just been fun over these last, you know, just especially these last two weeks since uh, we entered into the regular season. So, um, you know, please keep interacting with us, keep letting us know, give us feedback. We always want to be a part of that. You know, we are a podcast of the fans for the fans. Um, our official Twitter account for East Coast Rams is at East Coast Rams, but you can also find Ashton at Rams fan Ashton one and myself at Zach Mayer. And, you know, again, big thanks to everyone who listens to this pod and, and continues to uh, interact with us. Uh, you guys are the reason why we do this. We love to talk about Rams and we want to continue uh, building this community together. Uh, if you have a couple minutes, please like, share, review this podcast uh, so that we can, you know, really just bring this to the world. Um, you know, even though mostly it's a United States uh, oriented sport, but it's starting to grow internationally. Um, and with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And you just remember everybody, whose house? Ram's house. <laughs>